creating and rekindling memories. NHR. That is Ordinary People uh, by Mr. Jazz Ellington. Uh, uh, It it just sounds like pouring liquid chocolate in your mouth, but without the calories, of course. Um, And I'm so pleased that on the other end of this phone, we have the gentleman himself, Mr. Jazz Ellington. Good morning, Jazz. How are you doing? Good morning. I'm very well, thank you. Now then, I I, I must ask this straight uh, uh, straight from the off. Uh, The the surname Ellington, uh, any relation... To the jazz legend Duke Ellington? Do you know how much people ask me that all of the time? I thought they and would. I, I generally say, like, I don't know. But you know what? Maybe. You just don't know. <laughs> because there's also, of course, Lance Ellington, uh, the 70s soul singer. Um, and it, it must be the name Ellington that has got those sort of solely jazz sort of uh, vibes about it. I, I don't know. Who cares? It sounds good anyway. So, right. Where, you, never know. you never know. You never know. A bit of genealogy, I think, we need to do on that one. So, where did yeah. the uh, where did the singing start for you then? As I know that you were, you were very popular in school musicals, weren't you? Yes, I was. I, uh, gosh, it was, I remember being in primary school. I've got a lot of singers and musicians in my family. And funnily enough, I went to the same sec- uh, secondary and primary school as my uh, as my cousin. And she's a singer as well. She's incredible. Um, and we used to get called to the front to sing in assemblies and stuff. And we'd be, um, you know, when they do Christmas plays and, you know, you've got the roles that have got singing parts in it. I was always called for the male part and she was always called for the female part. So definitely in school. But I, um, I grew up in church. And um, I have to definitely say, probably, I would more than likely say it started from me being in the children's choir. Brilliant. I'm a choir guy. I love choirs. Oh, <laughs> dear. And I tell you what, I am an absolute sucker for a gospel choir. I love them to bits. Uh, and I know that, uh, that you run workshops for choirs uh, in, in the past. Is that something you still do? Or, uh, you know, are you too busy nowadays to, uh, to run your choirs? <laughs> well, honestly, um, I stopped uh, teaching... Uh, when I was in The Voice, actually, funny enough, um, I didn't have the time to um, to do it anymore because everything was a bit crazy around the time. Um, so, no, I haven't done any uh, teaching like that as such. I've, I, um, you know, at church, if there's a choir, sometimes they call me to do a little bit of a master class or whatever like that, something like that. But, um, yeah, not really teaching like the same as how I used to. That, that's because you're so, so busy. Now then, uh, you mentioned the voice there, uh, and that's where really we, we know you from. Uh, I mean, I, I know that you've recorded stuff before then, but whose idea was it uh, for you to apply for The Voice UK? You know what? All right, here's what happened that nobody knows. <laughs> we, um, my wife is a singer as well, and she, um, Kirsten Ellington, she's incredible. And um, she works she worked for a company called um, an agency, Center Sound. And it was at that time when The Voice first started, they were doing scouted auditions. And they gave her a call and said, oh, do you want to give it a go? And I just ended up tagging along with her. I kind of like, <laughs> kind of like, you know, like some stowaway, st- you know what I mean? Just, you were the call, you just kind of just turned up with her. And I thought, oh, let me have a go. And I remember singing that last, to them and they were like oh we want you to go on the show we want you to give it a go and you know the, the rounds of auditions and I think there's, there's about three rounds and then I just ended up being on the show just crazy random really you see that's how Charlotte Church char- uh, started uh, wasn't it? she um, sort of was introducing I think her auntie uh, on a talent show and they heard uh, Charlotte sing 
And, well, the rest is history. Nobody's heard of her auntie since, but, you know, she's yeah. there, so. Now then, with The Voice, despite coming second uh, to Tyler James, uh, I mean, you went on to work with Will I Am, uh, which included a project uh, that you both worked on for NASA. So what, what did that involve? Oh, my God, it was crazy. So um, my last uh, performance on the show was uh, Let It Be, and I had two of my children, um, gospel choir, uh, from different schools and um, Will heard them and he was like oh my god they're incredible I would like them to be on this project and I didn't believe her at the time if I'm being honest because you know come on Will I am <laughs> and then just after the show he called me and, started, called me and said Janaz so when can we sort this out when can we make this happen and I was like oh you're serious okay fine um, so we've got it all together and um, we ended up going to a studio somewhere in the centre of London and he explained to me what the project was. So NASA and him were doing a collaboration. They were sent. They sent a probe to Mars, and they streamed the same, that same song from Mars to Earth. That's what that was. Wow. It was called Reach for the Stars. It was an amazing experience. Wow. My choirs were, were involved in it. Now, this shows you just how cheesy I am here, um, Jazz. Um, <laughs> NASA, Space, Stars, Spaceman, Eurovision... Brings us back to you. Uh, 2018, you were involved in, uh, in what, a Eurovision show, basically. Uh, Eurovision, yeah. you choose. You sang the song called You. Tell us how yeah. you became involved in the whole sort of Eurovision circle. All right. So uh, I randomly, that year, I was doing a pantomime. And then my, manage my manager at the time called me and said, uh, the people, the producers of the show contacted him and they said they wanted me to sing a song. I didn't know what song it was at the time for uh, the Unicide show. And when I heard the song, I fell in love with it. And I thought, oh my God, this is really cool. I love it. You know what I mean? It's a really lovely, lovely, lovely song. And um, I suppose I said yes. And the rest is history. Didn't win. But to be honest, I would have to say the right song won for Eurovision. It was the most Eurovision song. Suri's song was the most Eurovision song to me. What did you think of, uh, of this year's uh, Eurovision with, with Sam Ryder, of course, coming second. Coming second. If I'm being honest, I haven't. I didn't tune in this year. Ah, right. So, well, we won't bother with asking about that. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> I you'll. I'm sure you'll get to hear uh, hear it. Uh, you will, but but I mean, it was great that we came second um, this year. And I think if if we came second, that we came incredible. second. Yeah, first My time. Goodness. Yeah, first time sort of on the the, the what right hand side of the leaderboard for twenty five years uh, since Katrina and the waves. So, and it it just makes you think that uh, you know if all that all the trouble in the Ukraine and Russia hadn't happened, would we have yeah. won? Because Ukraine won, of course. Um, so would we have anyway? It, lots of ifs, woulds, bees, and all sorts of stuff. So, now, two thousand eighteen, of course, the same year that uh, that uh, you were involved in that uh, that Eurovision bid, um, the same year saw you release uh, the four track EP, uh, Enter the Nomad, which was, uh, I mean, that was really well received. And then, just over a year later, COVID happened. Of course, how did you keep yourself busy during those couple of years? Because I mean, it was all building up there, and then all of a sudden, COVID, and you know, what? How, how did you keep yourself busy? Oh, my goodness. I mean, apart from stressing out every day <laughs> and um, having to um, reschedule or reschedule and cancel projects and stuff, I um, released a song called If You Believe. And uh, that song was actually something that I wrote 
even before The Voice, years and years and years ago, and I didn't ever get the time to put together. So what I was able to do is uh, record it remotely. The producer of the song and co-writer, his name is Alex Montague, he's incredible. And so what we did was um, everybody just did it remotely and it all kind of came together. So um, the beautiful thing about that song is really encouraging, it's really uplifting. So it was a really, it was a, a good song for the season, should I say. And um, I mean, I had so much work cancelled. I was going to be doing um, some stuff with Gregory Porter. Um, I was going to be doing a few different things. It was really, really disheartening. It was really, really hard. But I suppose, what do you do when you, you know, when you when you're not in control of everything? You kind of just throw caution to the wind and just, you know, dive in and just do something to uplift you, uplift yourself. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I suppose as well, with sort of being an artist and sort of writing and recording and stuff like that. Yeah. In one way, it, it sort of, it gave you a little bit of, I don't know, free time to sort of get all these things amassed together and, and do little bits and bobs. Whereas I suppose if you'd have been working all the way through, it might have been a little bit more pressurised um, for you. So yeah. I, I suppose yeah. you've got to look on the, the you know, the bright side of the, if there ever was a bright side um, to COVID. <laughs> So, yeah, I yeah. yeah, and I know over the years that I mean you've had some very dark periods, and I mean twice you thought of ending it all, um, and I suppose COVID didn't help with with anybody's uh, mental health um, at, at that time. Yeah. So, so how how are you today? I'm good. I'm wonderful, thank you. Um, I am blessed. I had a child during the season. I had a little girl. Oh, um, brilliant. As much, yeah, it's beautiful, beautiful. So there was something to look forward to. So um, I was anchored by my family. Um, and I suppose my wife went on maternity um, just uh, just, before, just after the um, lockdown started. And it's, you know, although it was stressing, we had something to look forward to and channel um, uh, peace from, if that makes sense. Absolutely, yeah. So, and and I tell you what, with, with this ever sort of growing family that you've got and the musical talent in, around Christmas time it must be great around the piano at your house, uh, oh, singing, singing the yeah, carols. My wife plays piano, actually. Yeah, it's always quite fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get on to the new song, which I absolutely love. Um, it's called "Watch Over Me." Um, yeah. it, it's it's just so beautiful, and for me, I mean, it really hit ho- hits home for me at the moment because uh, I, I lost my wife in November, uh, and when I was sent this song, oh, sorry, I yeah, and uh, when I heard this song and I listened to it, it's it's like one of those songs that you feel it's almost been written for yourself. Um, but uh, I mean, what is the story behind that song? Um, the story behind us actually, I actually didn't write that song. Um, a genius, uh, a master of music. Um, his name's Mike Rose, wrote the song. And it's one of the first projects I've actually been involved in where actually I didn't write it. Um, he gave me a, a call and said, Jazz, I've written this song. It's a, and because uh, I think he wrote about someone very special to him. He needed someone to sing it and he just thought of me. So I listened to the song and you know when you can really connect yes. with something you hear? I immediately connected with it. And funny enough, around that time, I was going through um, some hard times as well, actually, because I had lost my uh, my granddad, then my, gra- my grandma. It was almost like everybody was going, they were dropping like yeah. flies. It was a bit of a tough season. Yeah. So um, listening to that song was almost like an audible hug. So it was quite easy to... Absolutely. Um, yeah, it was quite easy to tap into the emotion and the sentiment of the song and 
because I could relate to it, I could, I suppose I made it my, my own. Do you know what I'm saying? I, I, I do indeed. And as I say, when I got sent the song, and I, I always listened to the words. And with, with, with this song, it's so easy to hear the words. Um, and, you know, they, they sort of really sink in. And, and as I said, it, it makes it feel like the song's actually been written for you, yourself, because it is so, so moving. It is a really beautiful song um on there so um it's yeah, thank you. it it is it's just wonderful we're going to play that uh, very very shortly um so but uh, uh your name when whenever people sort of um say the word uh, the name jazz ellington they always seem to link it with with people like stevie wonder luther vandross that type of a that type of name and i must admit listening to watch over me you can hear that you can hear the dance with my father uh, from Luther Vandross in there, and and you know, sort of uh, loads of the the old Stevie Wonder soul um, classics as well. Do you mind being linked in with with legends like that, or you know? Oh my, do I mind? Oh my God, what a privilege and honour! Like, um, I, it's that blows my mind. Stevie and Luther, they're like the legends of legends, aren't they? Yes, really? definitely. I mean, Luther Vandross's voice is like, I mean, I, to me, he's like the soul, most soulful voice that's ever lived. <laughs> Well, I tell you what. Uh, when I listen to you know to, to your work now, I've, I, now I've amassed quite a bit of your uh, your recordings, and um, you know you you, you hear it, it's like listening to a young Luther. Um, it is, and uh, oh my goodness, I man. I cannot wait to hear yeah more of your stuff. I mean, I've got the bits and and Bob's sort of that have been released as singles. What about albums? Uh, when we're going to get an album from Jazz Ellington? You know what. I'd like to know when I'm going to get an album from Jazz <laughs> <laughs> It's on the cards. I'm writing. Um, I'm working with Mike some more. Um, I've got some other projects lined up. So it's coming. It's been a, very tough. There was stuff. There was some stuff lined up, but COVID kind of just cancelled it all up, and we got, we're recalibrating. It's coming. It's coming. Well, I tell you, I, I'm definitely one for looking forward uh, to uh, an album by Jazz Ellington. So, so what, oh, uh, what, what does the rest of 2022 hold for you? Then, what have you got to look forward to? Um, 2022, I've got a few more releases coming, and funny enough, there's a release coming out tomorrow. Um, I did a, a collaboration with um, a, a guy named Rob Eklund. He's incredible. Um, that's coming out tomorrow. Um, there's a few, yeah, a few more singles down the way. There's going to be some performances. So watch this space. Follow me on um, Instagram and stuff, and you'll get all the updates. Marvelous stuff. Uh, and apart from Instagram, how can we find out more about you, your career, and your music? Um, my website, uh, Um You can sign up to my mailing list. Um, I am on face. I'm on all the socials, and you definitely will find out through one of them. Absolutely. Marvellous stuff. Jazz, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you this morning. Uh, thank you. Thank you for, for the, the wonderful music. I, I was, I'm a massive fan of John Legend as well, so ordinary people just did, did it for me. <laughs> and everything else, the, you know, the EP and everything I, I've, I've got there, I sound like a stalker, don't I? Um, but I'm not. I just appreciate <laughs> classy music, which is what you do, Jazz. So have a good rest of the uh, the rest of the Sunday morning, um, and um, we, we will play the gorgeous Watch Over Me. Take care, Jazz. Thank you. Bye bye. Thank you. You take care. Bye bye.